0: Hello friends! We are interrupting Healing Hearts to remind you April is not just a month, it's a call to action. This month we celebrate Volunteer Appreciation and Child Abuse Prevention Month, recognizing those who give their time and hearts to protect our most vulnerable. Every child deserves a life filled with love, safety, and normalcy, but sadly not every child experiences this. That's where we, as a community, step in. Our amazing volunteers are the unsung heroes working tirelessly to advocate for children's well-being. They're the voices that speak up, the hands that reach out, and the hearts that care deeply. But the fight against child abuse needs much more than just appreciation. It needs action. This April, we invite you to participate in our efforts to protect children, provide them with the normalcy they deserve, and advocate for their rights. Visit www.speakupforkidspbc.org to find out what you can do to amplify the voices of our volunteer advocates. Remember to engage with us on social media. Participate and protect because every child deserves a champion and that champion could be you. Now back to Healing Hearts. Welcome to Healing Hearts, a podcast from Parents Speak Up for Kids. In keeping with the overall mission of 100% advocacy for the foster community, Healing Hearts covers topics of interest for foster children, foster parents, and those who advocate for both. We are your hosts, Sophia and Tanya. In today's episode, we will be discussing mental health as it relates to foster children and foster parents. Our guest is Michelle Cook, a registered mental health intern and Generations Counseling Program Manager at Urban Youth Impact. She describes herself as a faith-filled, entirely clinical counselor who seeks to see generations find restoration and renewal. She is joyfully married to Casey Cook, has experienced traveling around the globe, and loves to golf, surf, sing, and play guitar. Welcome, Michelle, to Healing Hearts. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you guys so much for having me. So to begin, we just wanted you to
0: share with our audience just a brief history in your journey um, as a mental health intern and what fueled your focus on youth mental health in particular.
1: Okay. I have been in the mental health field just professionally for a little over two years now, but the journey started in about, 2016, that was when I was in my undergrad and it was the first time that I heard about trauma and it blew my mind because this course that I took in my undergrad in psychology talked about child maltreatment that was happening two miles down the road from where I went to school at Palm Beach Atlantic in West Palm So for those who don't know about Palm Beach Atlantic or the area of West Palm, it's extremely, it's an extremely diverse area location wise because Palm Beach Atlantic sits in the middle of some of the most affluent people in the world. And then right across the tracks, you have um, families who are facing extreme poverty and disparity I wasn't aware of that until I took this class and it changed my life because I couldn't stand to not be involved in that. Um, I couldn't just stand by and pretend that nothing had changed in my life. Becoming aware of that trauma meant that I needed to be a part of that healing. And I didn't know how that would play out until I started working at the place where I'm currently employed. Which is called Urban Youth Impact. And that is a nonprofit organization that seeks to love, equip, and empower inner city youth to fulfill their God given purpose. I was hired on as the discipline coordinator, and this was about five years ago. My job was basically to intervene with behaviors and try my best to get kids back in after school classrooms so that they could learn and grow in leadership skills and just have a successful social and emotional life. But after two and a half years of doing that job and getting pretty good at it, I wasn't seeing much of a decrease in, you know, what behaviors you could imagine would be happening in the inner city. There was really no decrease, not too much of a change. You saw some, but a lot of them would come back. So I went to school, I, you know, talked to my supervisors and said, I need more tools. There's something here and I need more tools to deal with it. I go off to school and I start studying, uh, clinical mental health counseling and also a concentration in trauma and learning like this is the key trauma, adverse childhood experiences happening at this early age, anywhere between kindergarten and high school, um, is really impacting the way that our kids develop from a very young age, even from the time that they're in the womb. Um, they're, they're, you know, affecting their behaviors, their ability to succeed in school, their relationships. And um, that is how I got involved in mental health counseling. So I have been running a program called Generations Counseling at Urban Youth Impact for a little over one year now.
2: Amazing. Thank you for sharing that part of your life. I think for our audience, I wanted to ask what is trauma informed care, and why would that be important for this demographic?
1: Yes, that is an important question because the word trauma is really thrown around in society, right we you know we might encounter something that was just a little bit scary and they're like, "Oh that was traumatizing and, but it wasn't actually traumatizing. They just mean to say, Oh, it spooked me or it surprised me. But the actual definition of trauma is a perceived or a real event where someone's life is threatened. And by perceived, I mean that children often can be in a situation where their caretaker is you know, having their life threatened in some way, whether it's physically or verbally or some other way, they're in danger. And as a child, that is equally as scary, because if their parent is in danger, that means that their life could also be in danger. And that's why it's important for our audience to be trauma informed to really understand what trauma is. Because when we understand the definition of trauma and what it does to, um, affect brain development and behaviors, it helps kind of provide this lens of understanding rather than seeing behaviors as something that is just disruptive or annoying or just completely not permissible. It gives a little bit more compassion for those families to say, like, they have a story. Like there's probably something going on behind that, behind that behavior.
0: Absolutely. Um, You know, as we're talking about behaviors, this demographic and adverse childhood experiences, are there, from your standpoint, any existing gaps as it relates to mental health care for children or or even young, like youth in foster care?
1: There's so much to say. I do have to mention to our audience that you know, by no means am I an expert in the field of foster care. I, I do have a background with a organization that's local to South Florida called Four Kids, and they do an amazing job at um, equipping foster kids and adopted kids and their families to um, just flourish in their lives, right? So um, I had about a year of experience with them in my clinical internship when I was a student, in my graduate program but um, the the gaps are so many because I think there's you know parents who don't really know what they're getting into when they start foster care like they have that huge heart that wants to serve and wants to be there but then they get into that experience and think oh my gosh I did not know what I was getting myself into and then, on the opposite end, you know you've got teachers, let's say, right that um, have students that are in the foster care system, but they really don't know how to deal with with the behaviors that they see or to really understand the issues that the students are going through, and even the students themselves, if they aren't aware of what trauma is and how you know their past has really affected um, the way that they've developed and come to know how life is they're not going to understand themselves and why they may be doing certain things that they're doing. So it's really important all around for the community and for, for the child themselves to receive the help that they need and the support that they need to be able to get through what is really a traumatic experience. You talked
2: about foster parents in that. What can they do to better help identify the emotional issues that their child might face or, what could they do to help direct? Are there any sort of resources that they could give?
1: Mm, Yeah, I really feel for foster parents because like I said, they are people with huge hearts. You know, all they want to do, like they see this kid and they just wanna love them. And, you know, they may be faced with, this is so hard, but I don't know what to do at this point. And they may even feel at times like, I can't do this. And maybe we need to transition to, you know, another home like that, that definitely happens um, quite a bit. So um, the first thing I would say is this, that anybody, including foster parents should not be afraid to reach out for help. Because if you're dealing with a difficult situation, and you're keeping it to yourself, the only perspective you have is your own which is very limited and can be short-sighted, especially when you're under a stressful situation. So um, whether it's a foster parent or a parent who has um, had their child go through the system, it can really be helpful if they reach out for help and specifically mental health help. So counseling for the parent is super helpful just to Help them manage um, any levels of stress or questions that they have especially there's so many transitions that go into foster care um, because that foster parent may you know may see that child leave pretty quickly or they that may turn into adoption you know so there's a lot of transitions a lot of change a lot of questions and unknowns especially for a first time um, foster parent the other thing that i would say is like support groups Um, there are plenty of support groups around the nation and here in South Florida specifically that are around, um, as I mentioned, Four kids is, is an amazing one. There's also one called place of hope. And I know that both of those have even resources online that parents can reach. Perfect.
2: I think a lot of the audience here are trying to understand what they can do to help. So I think the resources that you were giving are going to help these parents definitely understand a little bit more that they can eventually help their foster children.
1: Definitely. I, w- I would add into that those websites. So four kids, the number four and then kids or place of hope Um They have like blogs, videos, tips and tricks, just lots of different things that you can do without even reaching out to a single person. But then on top of that, they actually offer trauma informed training to their foster parents, which is something that's incredible. I don't think that all um, foster care agencies uh, provide that. I know that there are some other agencies out there that, that do it and support the parents, but I haven't seen anybody do it as well as those two organizations.
0: Excellent. So really my final question is just on the whole, what can we individually do um, to take care of or improve our own mental health or our own emotional health?
1: So to improve your own mental health, first you have to get, brutally honest with yourself. You have to say, how am I doing? And if that is too general of a question, my my practical tip for people out there would be to Google a self-care inventory. I found that helpful for myself as well. It covers the, you know, multiple categories of ways that you can care for yourself in life. So whether it's physically, like going on a walk or exercising, nutrition, emotionally you know do you have someone to you know kind of vent with or process things with verbally um do you have someone that you can cry with do you let yourself cry socially do you have folks around you that are for you and support you and pour into you as a person spiritually you know are are you are you involved in a church or just plugged into a faith community Do you have a purpose in your life? You know, all these things, right? So are am I taking care of myself in all these ways? Well, the answer is probably no. Everybody struggles in one of these areas in some way or another. So you can really take the inventory of that. You can consult with others, right? You can ask others for their honest opinion about where you're at and then take action on those things. So some of it is simple, right? Like we can easily change the way that we eat, we can easily change our exercise routine or start hanging out with friends more, make more phone calls. But I would say if you find yourself at a place in life, and this is for anyone out there, um, if you find your place yourself at a place in life, where it's a struggle every day, there's something weighing on you every day significantly to the point where it's impacting your ability to work to have a healthy relationship, to enjoy, right, that is definitely a signal that you've got to probably get yourself into some sort of counseling. And I would really recommend people to look into that and not just call the first counselor that you see online, but just kind of do your own research. So um, there is a website called Psychology Today, And you can really filter in whatever counselor you're looking for. So if you want a male or female counselor, if you want a counselor that's from your faith background, if you want a counselor that specializes in a specific modality because you know about all the different modalities of counseling, um, if you want a counselor that's a person of color that, you know, can really relate to struggles that you have in that way. Yeah, psychology today is a great resource in terms of researching counselors. And then just commit to that. Commit to caring for yourself for, let's say six to eight weeks at least. Um, And don't be ashamed. You know, I feel like the stigma right now over mental health is really breaking. And I love to see that, that in society, people are becoming more and more open about their mental health struggles. It's definitely not something to be ashamed of at all because just like we have physical illnesses, Mental illnesses are just as serious and just as real. So, you would never walk around with a broken arm for six weeks. You would get that fixed immediately. So, let's start to take our mental health just as seriously as that.
2: Amazing. This has been a great session. I'm so glad that you were able to join us today. Do you have any way for our audience to reach out to you if they have any questions?
1: Yes, I would love and welcome folks to reach out to me via my email, which is mcook, like Michelle, mcook at urbanyouthimpact.com. And um, yeah, if, if there's any questions, people want more resources, they're interested in knowing about what Urban Youth Impact does, feel free to shoot me an email and I'd love to get in contact with you
0: wonderful michelle we want to thank you for joining us today thank you for sharing your journey with us and for providing information and
1: resources to our audience absolutely it was my pleasure
2: thank you for tuning in today with our special guest michelle cook don't forget to follow us on spotify and apple music new episodes of healing hearts premiere every two weeks so follow us on spotify and apple music For more information about Parents Speak Up for Kids, to submit a show idea or questions, or to appear as a guest, email parents at speakupforkidspbc.org. Until next time, remember the heart is like a garden, and it needs tending to heal and grow. You've been listening to Healing Hearts.